We're wearing an amulet for Flag Day so we can sing to some parallel mothers. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect. And this is Offscreen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Welcome to Off Screen. I have to give props to Van for his his pre-intro intro every time because he does come up with it on the spot, in the moment, and he does it so, so well. So well done, Van. Great to hear that from you. I didn't think I'd be able to get through that one without breaking, but uh, no, that was that was, that was a decent one. Sing t- I, it was the sing too that I was really proud it's of. It's a sing too, but, yeah. Uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> so hey, Bex, how are you? How have you seen any good movies this week? Um, I have. I've seen a couple of movies on our list, which is great. I've... Um, I've been sat back and just enjoying a few. I started The Eternals the other day. I was taking a mm. watch of that and checking that out. And I've just been, you know, I've been immersing myself in TV shows. I've just, that's what I've been doing on any spare time I've had. I've been, because they're just a little bit shorter, sharper to the point, And I, you know, it's time constraint, isn't it? <laughs> I, I watched Witcher finally. I, I finally seen ah, Witcher. Kind of that, yeah. Enjoy but, it. I tell yeah. you, it, yeah, it kind of, it, it scratched a, a certain Game of Thrones meets Supernatural itch for me. So yeah. there was that, yeah. there was that. Um, I also have restarted uh, the, the, not the original, the uh, 2003 remake of Battlestar Galactica. So I'm looking forward to that. But nice. alas, we, we are on. We are. Uh, we are here to talk about things longer form. Well, longer form, larger format, shorter form. Movies. We are talking about Amulet first of all, which is uh, in cinemas from today, Friday, the twenty eighth of January. This is uh, this is a new horror movie from. Is it Roma Galali? It's Roma uh, Galali. Um, actress turned filmmaker. This is her first feature film. It is the story of a, a homeless ex-soldier who uh, is wandering around, basically gets taken, taken in by a sort of nun-like figure, played by Imelda Staunton, and uh, basically taken to a sort of halfway house where he, that he shares with a sickly old woman and her young daughter, only, he's only to very, very quickly discover, wouldn't you know it, all is not quite as it appears to be as you'd imagine it might not be in a movie that stars Imelda Staunton as a nun. Mm. And there are, in fact, <laughs> supernatural goings-on. Let's see if this clip will set the tone enough for you. Are you shocked to see her like this? It's not my choice. It has to be this way, otherwise she harms herself. What is wrong with her? You don't understand. She used to be so beautiful. And this three witches this way come is what that sounds like to me. <laughs> Do you know what? It's not far. I mean, it quite clearly wants a piece of the sort of the revival of that very. You know, this, this what we're calling elevated horror now, which I mean, admittedly, I don't like as a as, as a term because it denotes that all other horror is below, which is not. But. This is, on the one hand, wants to be so-called elevated horror. On the other hand, feels like a cheaper version of... What was that movie with Emily Mortimer uh, last year with the three generations of women, like Grandma had gone insane or or was on the way out? Mm. And, oh, God, it'll come to me. That was... That was better than this. This mm. feels again, and this frequently happens, as you know, within within the horror genre, disproportionately more often than other genres, because that is how the horror genre works. But mm. it feels like a collection of this would make a good idea. Let's let's create a scene around this idea. 
and it is and it's can we pull off this practical effect can we make this work can we sell this tone i've got a really cool idea for a sequence that'll look like this can we create something to fit that in in that way that the horror genre was built upon like you think back upon like hammer movies when they would literally buy a they would, they would buy a country estate for instance and just use different portions of the estate for different movies because they would literally be, oh we've got a lighthouse down on the south bit let's let's make a movie about a lighthouse it's that practicality and you feel like this is very much a movie of the same it's kind of ilk but you know what it's it's well made and those ideas are well pulled off it's just that it's it's the sum of its parts, and it's never more than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sounds like they've reverse engineered the idea of not starting with a great idea and working out how they're going to make it. They're starting with what have we got and what can we yeah. fit into it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I you've mean, got, that... you've got a great performance in there as well. From Is it Alex Sakharanu? Sakharanu? I think it's Sakharanu. Alex Sakharanu in there. By the way, Romola Garai was the name of the... the, the, the uh, oh, she's great. Yes, when you actually know the surname, it helps. Um, yeah. Alex uh, Sakharani, he's uh, got a great game performance in there, really well delivered, because he's from, I think it's God's Own Country. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. one half of the the, central, the leads in uh, uh, God's Own Country, or in God's Country, whichever one that, that one was. But um, yeah, very good game performance, like really you know, works well within the genre, etc. But again, victim of just not more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Right, should we move? Should we move swiftly on to uh, the sum of su- some of an, some other parts? Really, uh, this is. Um, is this one really for- even the sum of its parts? I don't know. This is Flag Day. It is um, starring and directed by Sean Penn, and it is the story of a man who is. A man of different uh, different <laughs> trades, shall we say. He is a con man, a robber, of various other things, and he does all of this to support his daughter. Um, this is a story which you might have recognised the format from maybe the 90s or the late 80s and 90s. It's a father-daughter mm. story. It kind of feels like it's got that, that look and feel that Sean Penn is kind of wishing he was still in his heyday um, and trying to create a movie around like that. But the problem is, is it's not very interesting. Dad, what do you do? What do you mean, what do I do? I mean, for a living, what do you do for a living? You know what I do for a living? I'm an entrepreneur. My skill is opportunities. Like what? For instance, right now I got a whole raft of businesses. I'm working a very broad portfolio. And when you work it that way, you're not dependent on one business to be your bread and butter. You know, yield goes down on one, pops up on another. And the good news is that I'm doing really great with that. So, yeah, Sean Penn uh, and... Right. Let's... Do you know anything about the background on, on this one, Bax? Anything at all about the No, I don't. I don't. Okay, I just so sort of dive straight in. <laughs> Sean Penn was hired, okay, as 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 the as the you know as as dad in this movie, and uh, it was going to be directed by uh, Alejandra, is it Alejandra Inuritu. Yes, um, you know Birdman director in your, who we all just call Inuritu. Um, it was going to be an Inuritu movie. And then, mysteriously, one day, they couldn't quite work it out. He wasn't going to do it anymore. And Sean Penn was in as director. And then his daughter got cast as his daughter. And then his son got cast. 
And you start to get a little picture. I mean, I like to imagine that rather than it just being a straight case of ego, ego and, and nepotism, that it was actually more like Inuritsu simply read the script for this. You know, got told the concept, signed on based on the concept, the pitch that he got Sean Penn, read the script and simply jumped out the nearest window because that's exactly what I would have done. What in God's name made anybody think? Because Sean Penn's on record as calling this like an essential movie. He felt this was really important, had to be told. For me, it just feels like Robin was off making land. You know that movie she directed, her director yeah. debut. And while she was busy and he was forced to spend time with the kids, he turned it into a family pet project, only it's a movie. And now we're expected to review it like we didn't see... 10,000 of these back in 1993 and 94, usually starring yeah. actors actors like uh, uh, Kevin Costner and, and people like that. What? 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 Also, how do you make a movie about Dad's a Criminal and it's all built around Dad's a Criminal and we have to live with the fact that Dad's a Criminal and every time Dad has to be a criminal, he's only a criminal off screen. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. makes no sense. Imagine The Wrestler starring Mickey Rourke but all the fight scenes were off screen. Yes, yeah. Right, and no you know, one is turning I, up for that movie. No, and this is the thing, it lacks that It lacks mm. that engagement um, and that, that context to it. Because all you ever see, and I did text Van about this, was that actually <laughs> I fell asleep in this and I kept waking up when they were having just like these these sobbing arguments at each other and it would yeah. just intermittently happen and I'm like oh okay have I, how long have I been asleep for <laughs> it's, not, it's not very long <laughs> I, I, I hate I hate to, I hate to have to take it in this direction Bob, but I've got to ask you is it me or uh, Dylan Penn is a terrible actress isn't she like she's she's a she's playing a whiny self-righteous yeah. kind of I'm so upset because I've had to look after the family kind of I've had to grow mm. up too fast kind of kids so I kind of give her that and I think you know, but I've not seen Dylan Penn in, in anything else, so I can't. I, I haven't. I haven't either. But I mean, even the voiceover on this is oh. just. Like, if I'd asked Siri to read out the script to this, I'm reasonably sure she'd have given me well, a better. I uh, I disagree in, in a way, only on the voiceover bit because it reminded me, and this is a, a, the main problem: is that he's trying to do this stuff in the ninety, like ninety three, ninety four kind of heyday. It was that time of the voiceover where if you think of Patricia Arquette in True Romance, when she starts the film with mm -hmm. a voiceover like that, and it is quite it is quite neutral and it's it should be leading you up to a bit more of a climactic mm. thing that's going to happen within the movie. This one just doesn't. It just stays yeah. really bland and snoozes you off from the, the offset, really. OK, I'd argue then pretty in fitting with the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to Off Screen. So we're keeping you on the big screen right now. And don't worry, we're holding you in suspense because there is an all singing, all dancing movie to coming to you in this block. But first, we're talking about not one, but two mothers, maybe. Are they parallel? Who knows? We're talking about parallel mothers. <laughs> which is the new Al Moldovar movie. And, uh, right, well, I mean, which comes with a certain kind of brand you know what i mean like he is his own mm. very distinct brand and I, I will get to more of my thoughts on it but this stars penelope cruz as uh she is a uh, i think she's a photographer she's a photographer who's uh basically gets to work on a, a local archaeological project involving her uh, her grandfather's grave she calls in like an academic to help her with an excavation that needs to needs to be taking place uh, they have a uh, an affair and, and she winds up pregnant 
years later, well, not years later, but sorry, like, it's like six months or something down the line, we discover that, uh, you know, they've parted ways. She has raised the, the baby independently. And uh, while she's uh, been... While she was in the hospital during the during the delivery, she's befriended another young mother, hence the clever title, Parallel Mothers, befriended another young mother who she then catches up with months down the line when we discover that, you know, the relationship with Parnasad. And um, in her case, however, her baby died an unfortunate, uh, unfortunate death due to uh, crib death, as it's, as it's called. And uh, she's now working as a waitress. She's struggling to make ends meet. Penelope Cruz, however, is struggling, you know, just with the logistics of being a single mum. So she decides to take her on as her, uh, her live-in nanny, as it were. Put her up, room and board, take her in as the nanny. And all along the way, starts to deal with this ever-unfolding mystery in which her baby's father claims he doesn't feel a natural attachment to the baby and thinks maybe they should do a, do a paternity test, only for the paternity test to reveal that in actuality, Penelope Cruz ain't the mom either. Quite what's mm. going on. And then you remember, oh wait, it's an old Moldovar movie. So of course, this is all subtitled and soapy and oh so trashy and it's... It's one of those movies. That, do, you, do you ever see The Skin I Live In? This was his one from about was it six or seven Is that with Antonio Banderas? Yes, Antonio Banderas was the plastic surgeon. Do, do you remember that one? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. Right. Do you remember how just wonderfully trashy that was? And you're like, oh my God, this is just wonderful. I love how this is not even pretending to be high art. It looks incredible, but we're just doing just slosh. And, and we know we're doing it and we're just leaning into it. This is exactly the same. You know where this is clearly going to go. You know all the twists, all the turns. And then just when you think, nah, he's not going to pull that one. As, I, he does. He, he does as well. <laughs> and you think, wow, okay. And you think, and Penelope Cruz is, is up for going along with this. Okay, fair enough. Okay. It's just, it's bonkers to me because it's it's just a very, it's 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 that it's one of those films that you you watch with the full knowledge that we're mere months away from a new Paul Verhoeven movie in which he deals with I think it's that in that case it's going to is it ghosts and lesbian nuns I think <laughs> and you think okay Paul Verhoeven doing that if it's if it's if it's good it's high art if it's bad it's showgirls I'm showing up for that this is Pedro Almodovar doing trash I'm not my baby's mum soap opera theatrics with Penelope Cruz. Yeah, exactly. But I have heard mm-hmm. awards chatter around <laughs> Penelope Cruz. I would, yes, I would. that's the weirdest part. She leans into it so hard. And because she's doing it with this complete dedication and, and the music swells in that almost Elmer Bernstein kind of way, you know, in, and it all goes for this faux plastic bubblegum Hitchcock design it's a sort of sort of tone. It really works. I would not be shocked to see that she did turn out to get some, some serious, serious awards love for this. I mean, wow. maybe not like the actual wins, but I could see her getting some nominations. Just because yeah, of they're the, de- they're definitely the pushing. OCT. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely pushing the the campaigning around it. Mm. Like, 
yeah. been, you know, they're, they're like saying career best from Penelope Cruz, <laughs> never been better. You know, it's amazing. So, and that is going to draw people in to watch this. I think people are going to go and watch this because of all of that campaign and not necessarily understand what kind of movie they're going to go in to watch it would seem just honestly if this is if, if, if you're someone that loves like the the level of storytelling of like i don't know voc or gossip girl or one tree that, <laughs> that kind of trash storytelling and you want to see it applied by a, a director that will get held up by every cardigan walking as as you know he's a great author you're like yeah but he makes trash and you've got to admit it come on anyway wow. onto, onto something onto something with no designs on, on high art let's let's talk about sing 2 which i think is high art to an entirely different audience because sing is just beloved by kids have you noticed this i have noticed it i've never seen sing but i have mm. seen sing too and uh, well. it was fun yeah, well, this is the thing. So the first thing was effectively, we're just going to do the X Factor, but set in Zootopia. That that was the yeah. whole thing. And and its big marketing gimmick was, we're going to take chart hits, pop hits of the day, which was 2016, uh, you know, early 2016, I think. And we're going to perform them within the movie as diegetic onstage performances. Which, which it's a you know very obvious you know very obvious you know easy win you literally do in the X Factor in Zootopia. This time around, we're taking it to Vegas for the sequel. The gang's all back, and you've got Buster Moon, who's the little koala, uh, you know, theater owner played by theater owner slash manager voiced by uh, Matthew McConaughey. And oh my God, do they write this thing for McConaughey? They really yeah. do just write this thing to McConaughey's absolute strengths. And to be fair, they do that with most of the characters, even in when they're only like small roles. The characters are quite well written to the voices performed by them, which makes one part even more baffling because they're putting on this Vegas show. It's for a casino titan, like a corrupt Godfather type figure, voiced naturally enough by Bobby Cannavale, you know, mm -hmm. reiterating yes. my point. And it all hinges on Buster being able to get a reclusive, long-retired rock star named Clay Calloway to come out of retirement, and whom this stage show and a, an elaborate sci-fi musical extravaganza is based entirely around the work of. And so, of course, naturally, when you hear sci-fi extravaganza stage musical based around the work of, who could possibly leap to mind for the voice talents but Bono? <laughs> <gasps> Maybe it's like room service? Open up or you're dead, Moon! Okay, it's not room service. You and your dumb friends better not be hiding in there! What are we gonna do? Guys, we just gotta be brave now. Are you saying we should fight these thugs? No, no, they'll beat us to a pulp. <gasps> we're gonna put this show on whether Crystal likes it or not. But first, we're gonna jump out that window. What? I'm beginning to like this guy. Look, for someone who's not ventured into Sing 1 mm. and started on Sing 2, it's a whole lot of fun, you know? This is, this is, it's got the things that you want an animated movie to have. It's got mm. all the visuals that keep kids entertained. And I say this time and time again, it's got to have stuff in it for the adults as well. And this delivers, no. you know, it is, it is a load of fun and I think it keeps you entertained and you can't not keep watching the screen. There is always something major going on. Yeah. It's quite exhausting in that respect, but... <laughs> Sometimes there's too much going on, I gotta say. Yeah, I feel, I do, I do have a little feeling of that, but I, I, it's serving a purpose in that respect, mm. isn't it? And for me, I think it is really entertaining, 
I can't obviously comment if it lives up to the first one or not, but I definitely think audiences who loved the first one will go swarming to this one. And you know what? If you're there just to play a pure guessing game of whose voice is who, you've got an incredible <laughs> cast in which to do that with. And, you know, and you can just sit there guessing who's providing all of these, uh, like not only vocal um, speaking parts, but singing as well. And I think it's it's a really, really good film. It's solid for an animated it, movie. I mean, it, for me, it lives up. It's exactly as good as the first one. It's, you know, the, se the second verse of the same song, effectively, if you want to run with that analogy. Um, I will say, I mean, it, it, it's, it's visually quite inventive, the stuff with the stage show that you'd, you know comes alive, you know, exactly as you'd imagine. I think there is something to do with the design of the actual theatre in this movie. It's some, there's some kind of revolution to it. I think every character is independently animated or something to that effect, but there is something to do, something unique about the animation in there. Um, I, I like the voice talents of this. I, I think it's a little weird that they, mm. that they have Bono doing this um, because... Right, I have to imagine that this story was conceived of relatively soon after the release of the first movie, during which day, during which time David Bowie was alive, and yeah. it, it just because it just doesn't make any sense. And the thing is, there is such a gurning quality about Bono, who's putting on his deepest Batman voice all the time, mm. like I'm some sort of mighty boosh Batman. You know, yeah. it, it's, and you're just like, what? In your name, Steve or something? Like, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> look, don't don't burst the bubble. It's a good it's a good animated movie. I think yeah. lots of people enjoy it, and I definitely think if you think you've taken the kiddies to the cinema this weekend, then that is going to be the movie for you. And now it's time for a segment we like to call Off Screen Pays the Bills. Hi, Bex. Hey, Van. What's going on? Hey, nothing going on but the rent. You know how it is. Which is about an ample time to thank our sponsors for this week, Simply Earth. We talked about them briefly last week as well. Now, these, uh, these are the, uh, the sort of like a, um, a subscription box for essential oil-based products. And uh, they actually sent us a demo box to, to try. And uh, my better half got to got to sample this. And brilliantly, they gave they give you a free diffuser when you join as well, when you use our promo Ooh. code, which I'll get to. And it was at the very bottom of the box, and she didn't know. And she was literally ordering one on Amazon in frustration. She literally hit buy and had to cancel a refund when she noticed there was one at the bottom of the box. This thing is, is, is uh, basically is designed for people who don't essentially understand essential oils. Miriam's in love with this thing, for the record. Mm. So the idea is this, this box uh, shows up and it has uh, four essential oils and recipe cards and extras. Okay, and the idea is that you can follow the recipe cards and combine the essential oils. She actually listed them off for me and told me which, which each one was. And uh, you can also little products as well. You can make deodorant powders and body powder as well. I had no idea. This thing comes with all sorts. She absolutely loves it. You learn to use your essential oils whilst making these recipes. And they've all been created by actual aromatherapists, apparently certified ones, naturally. And this mm. is uh, a whole thing as well is uh, a, a profit-sharing thing. They give 13% of all their profits to end human trafficking around the world. It's like a meal subscription box, but uh, more fun and less edible. And the whole thing is that the oils on their own would cost over $100 if you buy them from other companies, but with the Simply Earth box, this is the essential oil recipe box, you get four oils, six recipes, and extra ingredients, and it's all just $39. And when you subscribe, it's 
say, you get this the free big bonus box, which has even more goodies, including, noticeably, a diffuser, which you'll get if you uh, decide you want to try these essential oils for yourself. And you can subscribe using our URL, simplyearth.com slash offscreen. So that's enough about what we've been going on with. Bex, what have you been getting on with? Well, whilst you've been relaxing, Van, I have been working and it's been a busy old start to the year for me. And one of the things I do, as you well know, is I'm a content creator and I do that around tech. And sometimes when I'm creating my videos, I find it so hard to get the right kind of stock footage that I need, the right kind of sound effects, audio, bed music, all that kind of stuff. But no more is that an issue for me because I have now got story blocks. And I have to say, it makes it possible for creators to really keep up with that need and demand for modern video. And it does it in so many different ways. It helps you to really bring your stories to life. And the best thing about this is that you're not having to sacrifice all of that creativity for things like time, budget and resource because it's a really really great service so what you're getting with it is you're getting subscriptions based on every budget so if it's a small budget or a large budget you are sorted they've got royalty free uh, demand driven libraries which just means you know you can really take your pick of some great uh, content out there to suit you and your particular content that you're making it's also got unlimited downloads and all access plan will give you this um, across a million plus assets which is just incredible and some of the things that I really really love about this is that it's got a diverse and inclusive level of content so often you see stuff yeah often you see stuff that's a little bit dry a little bit uh let's just say pale and male and (laughs) we're not seeing that anymore we're seeing a plethora of amazing beautiful people that feature in all of this stock footage and it's really great and i would really encourage you guys all to check it out as well and you can do that by visiting storyblocks.com slash off screen and i really would encourage you guys to do it if you're making any kind of content because this will make your life easier boom Welcome back to Off Screen, and from the big screen to the small screen to the free screen, it is, of course, Freeview. Your movie's on Freeview for the next seven days. And we're going to kick off tonight, Friday night, with a Michael Bay actioner. Because what could be more Friday night than a Michael Bay actioner? But don't worry, it's one of the good ones, you know, one of the early ones. In fact, it's the second one. I think his first movie is Bad Boys, his second one is The Rock, which I, I don't know, I kind of think this is his best one, The Rock. It is of course on five star tonight at 10 past 10 and oh what a perfect time for it Bex The Rock Nicolas Cage Sean Connery Ed Harris and that's that, that's just the names on the poster you start filtering through the names it is the the the, the chemical super freak FBI FBI chemical weapons expert and the ex-con who have to break into Alcatraz when it is taken over by hostile marines led by Ed Harris. And you'll hear a scene here with Ed Harris and Sean Connery giving him, well, the response only Sean Connery possibly could. Did they bother to tell you who I am, why I'm doing this, or are they just using you like they do everybody else? All I know is you were big in Vietnam. I saw the highlights on television. And you wouldn't have any idea what it means to lead some of the finest men on God's earth into battle and then see their memory betrayed by their own government. I don't quite see how you cherish the memory of the dead by killing another million. And uh, this is not combat. It's an act of lunacy, General Shah. Personally, I think you're a idiot. (laughs) Oh, just hearing Sean Connery's voice is amazing. Oh, I miss him already. 
I know. Um, great actors. Love any stories around Alcatraz. I think it's it's always fascinating. And yeah, this is a great, great movie to kick off your Friday night. So 10, 10 p.m. on Five Star for you there. Now, a great movie to kickstart your weekend in an animated form. We did just obviously talk about Sing 2. I would say this trumps it. Uh, Saturday, we have Wreck-It Ralph on BBC Two at 10.20 a.m. Oh, my goodness. If you're into 8-bit computer games you grew up as <laughs> we did as child of the 80s and 90s this movie brings back all the feels all the nostalgia and it's yeah. just hilarious they, they, this is is it a, is it a pixar movie i can't quite remember it's not actually pixar it, it's walt disney animation so it is actually strictly speaking a traditional disney movie which is kind of how it's it's big signature piece is that i think it's the first time all of the disney princesses are together in one movie and yeah <laughs> they include the new princess vanellope which, if I ever, ever get into drag, is absolutely going to be my name, Vanellope. But uh, this, this works because it mines that nostalgia, but at the same time, mm. it's not just references. It's not just, oh, look, we got a Sonic cameo or anything like that. It does actually have heart and soul, and it tells a, a really touching story about, you know, like overcoming your preconceived limits and, and what you're told, that, you know, breaking out of the box that you're told that you have to be in. And, and it's mm. very sweet, and, and John C. Riley is just so perfect. In fact, the whole cast are yeah. perfect. And the Jack McBrayer, Jane Lynch, uh, uh, Sarah Silverman, yes. as, as, as the aforementioned Vanellope. And of course, the great Disney villain of our time, Alan Tudyk, as, uh, as well, I'm not going I'm, I'm to say, I'm not even going to say because that's part of the podcast. No, don't spoil but, it. Uh, yeah, so 10.20 a.m. It says on BBC Two, but I can't help but feel like that's wrong. It should be on BBC One. But alas, Bex, on to uh, a Steve McQueen thriller which mm. is a thing that he tried once. Uh, 2018's Widows is on. It's Widows on Sunday night, uh, 9pm on Film 4. You have to say it that way, thanks to American Dad. Widows! Exclamation mark every time. Uh, this is uh, Viola Davis leads a cast that includes Elizabeth Debicki, that includes Michelle Rodriguez. Is it Cynthia Erivo in there mm -hmm. as well? Uh, and then you've got a male cast that includes Liam Neeson, uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Colin Farrell and Robert Duvall. And I think Robert Duvall gets my favourite shutdown of all time in this. The adaptation of the Lyndall Plant novel, previously adapted uh, for, I think, ITV in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, it is the story of a group of criminals, all killed on a job, whose widows set out to settle the score by completing the heist. Our go date is in three days, the night of the debate. Now all of our work is worth nothing if we don't move this money in fast. We gotta start thinking like professionals. We're in business together. There's not gonna be some cozy reunion. After this job, we're done. We have three days to look and move like a team of men. The best thing we have going for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the balls to pull this off. This, you and I have different views mm, on this movie. Yeah. I, I, you, uh, you really enjoy it. I, I don't. I don't think much of it at all. And I'm a big Steve McQueen fan, not as the person, but his films. <laughs> I've, I've had the displeasure of interviewing Steve McQueen and he's I've not heard, yeah. fun. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, this for me didn't really work. I kind of went in with high expectations because it was a Steve McQueen film and felt yeah. I wanted a little bit more fun out of it. You know, for me, I'm, I'm much more of an Ocean's... Um, is it Ocean's oh, 8? Yeah, you mean, you mean a Soderbergh type? Well, that's it for me, though. I wanted something like when David Fincher does a thriller. 
I want mm-hmm. something that is slick and it is serious and it is aimed at adults. We're not cracking jokes in this one. Like you watch Seven, for instance, like the brilliance yeah. of Seven is that it it does make you laugh with at times without telling jokes. And there are moments in Widows that do that as well, where you laugh and it's not a funny film, but you laugh mm-hmm. because of the discomfort of it. And like that. I, for me, that works. I, I would recommend it on that level. But I do appreciate mm-hmm. it is somewhat of a divisive movie. For me, it absolutely delivered. And I would like to see Stephen Queen do another attempt at something like it, I hope. But alas, we've got to talk, talk about something that was slightly better well-received. Uh, the same year, uh, sorry, not the same year, this was two years early, this was 2016, Monday night on BBC Two Bex, 11.15, it's Lady Macbeth. You remember, you remember this was quite the uh, the critical darling when it opened, Oh, my well, goodness. The, this is the movie that launched Florence Pugh's career. It's it um, she, she, she plays a young bride who's basically entered into a loveless marriage with a man half, uh, sorry, two times her age, and then she embarks on an affair with with a with a stable Jarvis. It's Cosmo Jarvis, yeah. And she realizes that when she gets what she wants, she'll stop at nothing to keep getting what she wants, which is it's all if you ever thought Florence Pugh was brilliant, watch her in this because she just is yeah. so beyond her years in this movie and it's it's Phenomenal to see. Oh, absolutely. This was the first... I mean, although I had seen... I think it's Falling with uh, Maisie Williams, which she, she co-starred in. She's the second lead in that. Although she'd done that before and I'd seen it, I didn't really remember her in that. And I did come out of Lady Macbeth thinking, oh, my God, that that woman is a star. Like, there's a, mm. uh, that, there's a movie star there. And, uh, hey, at least Marvel agree with me. And the Academy evidently thought I might have been onto something because they gave her a nomination. Anyway, let's talk about... This is what you picked, Bex. Now, I've never yeah. seen this. Tuesday night, film four, 11.15. And I tried to seek out and watch this. It's not available on any streaming platform other than BritBox. So I'm going to be watching this. I'm actually going to turn on old school freeview myself on Tuesday night, 11.15, film four, to watch Nuns on the Run. (laughs) Bex, before we get to the clip, cue us up, Nuns on the Run, eh? Yeah, it's a 1990s fun British movie about two criminals, stars Robbie Coltrane and Eric Idle, and they're basically, they want out of their their criminal gang that they're in, but they... Mm then are ordered to rob the triad and they keep the money they hide from their boss and they disguise themselves no I'm not talking about sister act but they do disguise themselves as two nuns in a convent let me try and summarise this God is his son and his son is God but his son moonlights as a holy ghost, a holy spirit and a dove and they all sent each other even though they're all one and the same thing got it what? You really could be a nun. <laughs> Thanks. Wait a minute. What I said, does that make any sense to you? Well, no. No, but it makes no sense to anybody. That's why you have to believe it. That's why you have to faith. I mean, if it made sense, it wouldn't have to be a religion, would it? Coltrane gets it. So, <laughs> nuns on the run there. I say, I'll be checking that out. I will also, on Wednesday night, uh, on Film 4, because I think we're on Film 4 for the rest of the week now, to close us out, Film 4, Wednesday night, 9pm, last year's best picture winner. Last year? year before now. Two years, two years ago. Yeah, two now. years. God, this pandemic really just killed the concept of the passage of time, didn't it? Um, uh, Parasite is on. And Parasite, I mean, I've, I've been back and I've revisited uh, about every six months, I think, since. Would probably work out about every six months. And it's as brilliant every time. I adore Parasite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bong Joon-ho 
I, I bow before you. Keep making movies this brilliant and as brilliant as yeah. Snappy Please. Um, South Korean masterpiece. Film 4, 9pm on Wednesday. Uh, the following night, Thursday, to round out the week, Bex, Film 4, 10.55. You have picked the, uh, to date, final entry of the Alien franchise, It's Alien Covenant. Yeah, and I, I just picked this because I kind of keep revisiting these sort of later iterations <laughs> yeah. of Alien and try and make them, I like revisiting them in the sense that I'd like to make them work as much uh, better than they have been received. I'm going to point out, nobody ever tries to revisit Alien v. Alien versus Predator Requiem, and surely that one's due a reappraisal. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I do like Alien Covenant. I think it is a bit slow and, you know, the pace is off and stuff like that. But I do think it's a visual feast for the eyes at the same time. And I loved reading at the time about, like, how they created um, the, the world and, and everything that they're in on that. So, look, it, mm. it's just one. It's it, it's a big yeah. movie. It's big. It's big cast. It's, it's good fun. And it's, um, yeah, if you love the Alien movies, you might want to check it out. Welcome back for One Last Ride off screen. And it's everything you can watch at home, really. So let's uh, let's take it in the order you can watch it. So if you want something to watch at home, we've got outside of Freeview, we've got it covered. So starting today on Amazon Prime. So today, January the 28th, your Friday, your new Amazon Prime pick. It combines the talents of Frank Grillo, the talents of Gerard Butler, and the talents of writer-director Joe Carnahan. It is Cop Shop that's out today. Did you did you get to see this one when we reviewed it? I didn't. I just saw it. Yeah, I didn't see this. I know we reviewed it, and I remember just seeing it on the, Gerard Butler's face on the side of every bus that went past <laughs> me on the street. It looks fun. It was that schlocky kind of you know, 80s style action bonkers movie that you take it or leave it, right? Uh, Effectively, it is Frank Grillo is the criminal who's wanted by just about everyone, but gets himself arrested, only to turn the small town sheriff's department into effectively assault on precinct 13. How bad is it? Are you an idiot, Teddy? Anthony Lamb. I'm going by the more friendly and less formal Tony these days. Clear off my contract. No can do. This contract is free fire, as there are competing parties for one Theodore Moretto. Bob, are we going to duel to the death? Get me out of here. Always and only about Teddy. Teddy Moretto's Here they come. Let's make a deal, man. I got a lot of money. There's no deal to be made. Come on, Teddy. You know how this goes. So, also out today, but fun in a slightly different way um, from, from, from Cop Shop. This is one for Disney+. Plus. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal. This is from, I think, 2015? 2015, 2016. Uh, okay. Demolition. Do you remember this one? He has a, no, a, I don't. He has, a, he has a breakdown and tries to rebuild his life. And it is just this actually quite well, de- quite well depicted uh, portrayal of just you know rebuilding one man's psyche. Um, you might remember it for the sort of semi like five minute meme friendly sequence of Jake Gyllenhaal in the headphones dancing in public. No, 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 doesn't well, ring a bell at all. Well, you know what? I think you should check it out just for that sequence alone. It's on Disney Plus as of today um, on Amazon Prime from tomorrow. 
is this this is one that I, I don't think you could make this movie today, Bex. I mean, you know, there are it's it's interesting that like next week Jackass is back and the comment everyone has on that is isn't it weird that they're all like fifty? You're like, no, it's kind of weird that they're still allowed to do this in the yeah. modern day. But funnily enough, like Johnny Knoxville did the ringer once upon a time. Remember that where he where he yeah. he tries to rig the Special Olympics? And you think you would never make that you could barely make it then, you certainly couldn't make it now. And that same could really be said of The Waterboy, which yeah. comes to Amazon Prime tomorrow, starring Adam Sandler, um, Feruza Bork, and Kathy yep. Bates, I believe. Yeah. The Waterboy, you, you must know The Waterboy inside now as well as I do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the story of a always laughed at guy that stands on the side of the American or college football pitch mm. And he's there to provide them water, and they always think that he's like the joke, but he's actually like really strong, is it? Yeah, is he's he's it? he's got so much compressed Adam Sandler range yeah. that when he <laughs> yeah. when he manages to, to focus it, he can basically just destroy a entire football field. Bobby Boucher, I believe, is his. Oh his yes, Bobby Boucher. Name. But yeah. uh, Mama says, I love this movie. I do as well, and I am immediately transported back to my my school days because I just remember me and all my friends would watch it, and we just find it hilarious, and we quote it, and it's great. Da, 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 da. But yeah, it will never ever get made again because it just no. possibly can't. I, it I think, very I think much it would. I think it, it, yeah, it, it very much on its on its on, on its own axis from way back when. These, yeah. I think Adam Sandler's creations have noticeably dialed it down a little bit in recent years, or yeah. at least he's found a way to make them excusable. Anyway, so let's talk about something the likes of which we haven't really seen in years well except for it's sort of movies from its own director coming to dvd on monday the, the 31st uh, dvd blu-ray and of course 4k because what other format could you possibly watch this one on denis Villeneuve's dune is finally yeah. coming to disc format i mean dune is it's, it's quite the show isn't it? I mean, it's part one of apparently it. three yeah, and you've got to go in knowing that. Otherwise, you'll mm. leave going, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, I did that with Lord of the Rings famously. When I was much younger, I didn't know that the Lord of the Rings movies just stopped. <laughs> well, no. Well, no, I would say this is beautifully shot. It looks stunning. It makes it actually... I hear it's very true to the book. And for me, it makes it very easy to follow and understand. And, you know, a lot of people couldn't really get Dune and make it right um, it was always kind of seen as a bit of an impossible movie to make, but Denny has done it well. I've been having dreams about Arrakis and the Fremen. Okay. So? I saw you with the Fremen. Uh, so I do find them. There you go. That's a good omen right there, right? I mean, it helps to add the, the bro factor that is Jason mm. Momoa, obviously. Uh, also coming to uh, DVD and Blu-ray and, and 4K as well um, on Monday are, of course, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which, well, I mean, people love it. I really people enjoyed it. it. People sit in between. 
I actually rather liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was very good fun. I mean, yeah. right, it, it's The Force Awakens for Ghostbusters, ultimately, yes. with a, a, a sideline in appeal, trying to appeal to and hook the Stranger Things crowd. But, you know, it does its job fairly well. Um, also, yeah. Last Night in Soho. Which oh, I we love this. Loved. Oh, God, how good is this? Edgar Wright on fine form. Effectively, a period set murder mystery, time-spanning period murder mystery in 60s Soho with Matt Smith on fine, creepy form there. Yeah, I really like this. And I thought, you know, Anya Taylor-Joy, really good in this. Um, I can't remember the name of the other lead, uh, leading lady in this, but I she's excellent. Actually. She's just not... No, she's just not as well known. And that's why Anya Taylor-Joy was, was put all across the posters is because you need the familiar face. Um, but actually don't don't think that um, the other lead is not very good because she is. She's excellent in this. Um, but yeah, that's available on DVD and Blu-ray as well. Um, and that's from Monday. And then also on Monday, we've got Can You Keep a Secret available on Netflix. What's this one all about? <laughs> so this one, I saw the trailer for this ages ago. And I just thought, this looks like so much gubbins. I can't wait <laughs> to see it. Incidentally, I had that yesterday with a trailer for a new Liam Neeson movie called, I think, Blacklight. And, and, and it's boilerplate plot. That, this one, we like boilerplate Liam Neeson movie. But the trailer, it was just shot in such a way and the trailer had been edited in such a way and it was all edited to the music of like Phil Collins in the air tonight. And I was just like... <laughs> Do you know what? I know that's complete gubbins, but I can't wait. I'm going to enjoy yeah. that for what it is. And I feel the same about this movie, Can You Keep a Secret, which stars Alexandra Daddario and Tyler Hoechlin, I want to say. Hoechlin? Okay. Hoechlin. You know our new Superman in Superman and Lois? And he seems to have wandered in off the set of Superman and Lois in full Clark costume. Because it's exactly the same five o'clock shot, exactly the same glasses, exactly the same jacket kind of thing. He's dressed like, he's just Clark now. Like, th okay. this man does not care about his typecasting. He's going to weaponize that. I'm convinced. So this movie sees the pair of them as strangers, you know, who bicker a little bit. And, you know, they're, but they're strangers. They have, like, a brief misunderstanding. The plane is then going to crash. And thinking they're going to die, they confess their secrets to one another. And now, oops, eesh. You know what I mean? Now they've survived. Yeah, it's one of those. I can't wait. This looks, just looks terrible. I, I, I can't wait to see it. It's okay. one of those that's clearly terrible, but it's been made to, it's been made to like, yeah. you know, proper Hollywood stand. You're like, why has someone sunk money into this? That's great. I can't wait. It's like that Jennifer Lopez one, Marry Me, that's out. I think it's next week. Oh, I can't wait for that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's this one instead, though, Netflix uh, Netflix on Monday. Who doesn't love a new rom-com on Netflix? And last week we gave you the one with Mina Masood. What was that? Mm. Uh, uh, oh, God, what was that now? The Royal, Royal Styling? Oh, Something, like Something like yeah. that. Something like that. Oh, God, yeah. But Royal Salon, I, I want to say. Something like that. But anyway, okay, so let me talk about the final film of the week. This is on Netflix. Next day, this is, this is on Tuesday on Netflix. I have a guilty... This is one of my guilty pleasure movies. I will go back to this time and time again. Having said that, I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's just unappreciated. This was the very first ever DreamWorks movie. It's directed by Mimi Leder, who at that point I think was mostly known for directing episodes of ER. Uh, it stars from in his first major film vehicle, even though he had starred in From Dust Till Dawn earlier, George Clooney, alongside Nicole Kidman. 
He's the, he's the anti-terrorism task force, black ops, super soldier. She's the weapons special, specialist and, and political, you know, wheeler dealer. They are the peacemakers. They are off to retrieve some stolen nukes across Europe. As George Clooney eloquently explains, and they hash out here. Good guys, that's us. We chase the bad guys, and they don't wear black hats. They are, however, all alike. They demand power and respect, and they are willing to pay top dollar to get it. And that is our highly motivated buyer. What about other motivations? Not important to me. Whether it's important to you or not, there are people out there who don't care about money and don't give a damn about respect. People who believe the killing of innocent men and women is justified. For them, it is about rage, frustration, hatred. They feel pain, and they're determined to share it with the world. OK, that does me no good. Now let's deal with the facts at hand. 23 hours ago, General Alexander Kordorov stole 10 nuclear warheads. He's just a delivery boy. I'm not afraid of the man who wants 10 nuclear weapons, Colonel. I'm terrified of the man who only wants one. They're both great in this. Like, Nicole Kidman could very easily just do more thrillers like for her entire career. She's great in this, and she's done one or two more over the years, but she is uniformly great in them. Uh, Clooney as well. As cool as he is in this movie, and this is pre-Out of Sight, he's cool AF. As mm. cool as he is in this movie, watch it now with the full knowledge that he knew and had shot the entirety of Batman and Robin prior to this. <laughs> and he still managed to be as cool and confident as he is in this movie. Imagine having shot Batman and Robin. You know everything you've done in that movie, and then you still show up to work on this and manage to be this calm, collected, and cool. God bless you, Kloontang. God bless you. That's The Peacemaker. It's coming to Netflix on Tuesday. I thoroughly recommend it. Really, really good thriller. George Clooney even makes a bog-standard polo shirt look, a tucked-in polo shirt look cool. God damn. What a guy. Yeah, what a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Anyway, so that's it for this week. Next week, we've got some interesting ones back. So we've got a new movie with Andrew Garfield and uh, is it Jessica Chastain or Bryce Dallas Howard? I can't remember. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Mm. Is next week we've got jockey next week we've got the souvenir part two next week and most importantly of all director roland emmerich the master of disaster is back and this time <laughs> he, this time he's literally going to blow up the moon moonfall is out next week i can't wait for this Just, oh my god sam from game of thrones is in a roland emmerich movie starring patrick wilson in which they have to blow up the moon. It's going to be an IMAX. Oh, my God. It's like I've been waiting my whole life for this movie. They're finally, oh gosh. Just, going to, finally just going to blow up the moon. I, I, they, they finally Van. ran out of all of them, and they just thought, how about it? You know what? We've done everything else. This time, we're just going to take out the moon. Moonfall is out next week. I can't wait. Van, control yourself. It's only a week <laughs> that you need to wait. Uh, that's it from us, guys. We can't wait to bring you more uh, movies on the big screen, the small screen, and everything in between. So for now, I've been Bex Perfect. I've been Van Connor, and we shall return. We shall return.